Trading Nut, episode 15. I analyze the gap. And then once I analyze, okay, is this a gap down that's going to continue? Or is this a gap down that's going to fade? The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax, learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders, welcome to another instalment of the Trading Up podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today we have Jeremy Newsom on the show. Now Jeremy's from Real Life Trading and we've actually got quite a short but succinct interview with him. We didn't have a lot of time, you're going to hear that in the show, um, but we did manage to get through an awful lot in the time that we did have and I'm sure there'll be some things in there that you guys will be learning from. Now, um, Great to see some reviews coming up on the on the show. So if you haven't given the review a show, the Trading Nut podcast, we're at episode 15. So there's enough in there to get a good feel for it. And I'm glad to see that there's a few that have come through that I really like. So uh, new this one's here from is from um, oh, I don't even know if it's a name, but it's, it looks like a, a bunch of letters and numbers. So he t two h e t e two from the UK. Uh, he's got newbies. Listen up. As an aspiring trader with some decent trading knowledge already, um, I was looking for something that offered more content than just interviews that added to my dreams of being a full-time trader. Cam gets gets it spot on here. The podcast is just the start of it. Becoming a member, you get so much more content. It adds visual context to the podcast and much more, which is true. If you look at the, uh, the last podcast, we had a 13-minute video where we walked through a trade, which was absolutely fantastic. So check that out, guys, if you haven't already. Um, next one is from Tommy KY, 1976, from the UK. Uh, looks like Tommy's a, a little younger than me. Um, great start, guys, is his title. And he says here, as a new trader, I found this very refreshing and easy way to understand some of the strengths and pitfalls of trading. I'll definitely be listening again. And finally, from uh, Epic, uh, sorry, who's this from? Uh, Cal, Calbio Tech from the US. Uh, epic trading knowledge. So, highly recommend this podcast. So much juicy trading wisdom. Also, check out their website at tradingnut.com for even more great info. Cheers from Northern Cali, USA. So, so, thanks guys for posting those reviews. If you want to post a review on iTunes, I will get notified that. These have been posted, so if you've got a review, you want to tell me how, you, um, how you're finding the podcast, what you like, things you like about the show, then um, post it in there, and I'll be sure to read it out in the future. Now, um, what else have we got going on here? There's a lot going on with the write-up to Christmas, so hopefully you guys are enjoying uh, either the cold weather or the hot weather, depending on where you are. It's, it's hot weather where I am, and I'm shorts and a t-shirt at the moment. It's been um, swimming swimming week uh, this this past week, so I managed to get for two swims. I decided I don't need a swimming pool. I'll just go to the beach. It's only 15 minutes down the road. Um, there's Actually, I put a picture up on my Instagram, so if you want to check that out, you'll you'll be able to see a picture of where I go swimming. Most time, most, well, actually, it's most weeks in the summer. I just love getting into the water and, and having a swim. Um, and what I did discover this time round, I bought a new pair of 
depending on where you live, they're called either jandals, flip-flops, or thongs. Um, basically, you put them on your feet, and uh, and they've got a rubber sole with some straps. Now, it doesn't seem a big deal, but I bought a pair last year when I was in, in Australia, and I bought a pair of those Havianas ones. They're, they're ever, ever so popular. They're all over the, the world from Brazil, and I don't even know if I pronounced it right. But look, I'll tell you what. I mean, the pair I bought, basically... They, they they fell apart within about three months. I don't know why. Maybe it was just shoddy workmanship or whatever. Um, but uh, so I, I've sort of taped them together for a year, and I finally decided I've got to get a new pair because it's just not working. Anyway, so I got this pair from a company which I uh, I bought a pair of shoes from after recommendations. They're they're based in I think they're based in the states. But one of the guys played for the uh, the New Zealand um, the only professional soccer team or football team in New Zealand who happens to be from my hometown in Wellington and he used to play for them and went off and started up this company called Allbirds. So guys if you're looking for a pair of shoes or a pair of I call them jandals um, flip-flops depending on where you are then check it out Allbirds. You can only buy them online and this pair of jandals from going to the beach I've got to say usually when I get off out the sand I always have this grit you know, gritty sand and water mixes, it causes a lot of friction. These ones, for whatever reason, I think they, they have these funny straps. It's all like ecologically friendly and, and you know, eco-friendly. These straps do not, they're comfortable. You've got sand on your feet, your feet are wet. They're just comfortable. They're almost like a sort of soft material. Anyway, check them out, guys, or check it out. I think I put a post up on Twitter. Check that out, and you can see what they look like and um, and hear my little story there. So um, what else have we got going on here in the trading world? So run up to Christmas, we've got the trading uh, edu, demo trading edu contest. So this is where you can get a few weeks' worth of education. And an actual fact, you're going to cram about... 31 years worth of trading experience and knowledge from a trader we've had on the show before called Gary Fullett. And he's going to take a bunch of traders across a two-week intensive course. And uh, at the end of it, you're going to come out with not only a whole lot of knowledge that you can apply to your current trading and, and how you trade at the moment, but you can also um, you could either pick up his style completely and you're going to get a chance. So this is a world first. You're going to get a chance to win back your tuition which is actually fairly well, very well priced. It's it's a massive discount that he's doing this at, and um, you're going to win back your tuition and get a chance to win back some cash as well. Okay, so guys, check it out there. It's on the Trading Nuts site. You'll see it in the show notes. Um, there's a link on the side. It's called the Demo Trading Edu Contest, and I think the prize pool is currently at a thousand dollars. So if you guys Join up. You're competing against the other students, so the more you put in, the more chance you have of winning this, um, winning this prize pool. And I think there's going to be a couple of prizes as well. So go and check that out. Uh, what else have we got on? Um, we've got more new courses coming up or going into the into the um, the courses section of the site. So check that out. There's more courses up there now, and I should I should do a proper announcement with those uh, on those uh, in the coming weeks. And there, I'm sure there's something else. Let me pause this and think. Ah, that was it. I've also put up a funding page on the site as well. So if you guys are looking to get funded with your trading, so basically putting up a um, a smaller amount of money to get to trade a larger amount of money and take you know the profits that are made on that, then 
there's a page up on the site there that sends you through a little path to work out what's the best option for you. So go and check that out. Um, There's also a broker deal with uh, AxiTrader, so my broker. So they've got a deal, so go and check that out as well. That's on the site. And last but not least, if you're not part of the Robot Traders Club, we've got new robots going out all the time. And um, they're fantastic little things that you can... They're so configurable, you can configure them to how you want to trade. So if you don't like the settings that I'm using, you can actually go and amend them, skip news events, uh, trade with different exit strategies. There's a whole bunch of stuff you can do. So go and check that out there, guys. There's a trial period as well that gets you in the door and gets you a little taster of what's to come. So, folks, without further ado, let's get on with the show with Jeremy. All right, folks, so we've got Jeremy Newston on the show. How's it going there, Jeremy, in, in Nashville? Nashville, Tennessee, it's going good, man. Have you ever been to Nashville? No, I've never been. I've, I've only been to like um, LA, just to passing Las Vegas, New York, and uh, Myrtle Beach of all places. Um, <laughs> I know well, you're naming all the big names, and then Myrtle Beach. Yeah, exactly. I had a friend that was living there, so I went there for a, a weekend. Um, okay. it, was, it was good fun. Hey, look, I know we've got you for a short amount of time, so I want to get into the questions and really Absolutely. get as much from you as we possibly can. So, I mean, do you want to give us your trading story? So how you started, how you got into it and where you are today? Yeah, I can do that pretty quickly. I mean, I started um, actually knowing that I liked stocks at about the age of seven. So the movie Forrest Gump, I don't know if you've ever seen it or not, Yeah, but yeah. At the uh, towards the end, when Lieutenant Dan says in a letter to Forrest Gump that we invested in a fruit company, uh, we didn't have to worry about money anymore. Obviously, that fruit company was Apple. You know, and I was seven when I first watched it. I asked my dad, "What is investing? What is you know, what is the fruit company?" And he told me about Apple computers. And I eventually went on to buy some shares of Apple um, with my dad's help, obviously, and. Uh, sold those shares like five years later and made like 12 grand as a 12 year old. Wow. And I was hooked, dude. So ever since then, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. Um, I've been through so many webinars, an immense amount of seminars, courses, programs, educational content. And I've always loved teaching. And I just always thought that I could do a good job at it. So four years ago, I created a company called Real Life Trading. And I've been professionally involved in markets for about six years and I've been doing it full time or this is like my only job for the last four years. Cool. And so I suppose, I mean, that, that highlights the fact that, you know, as a seven year old thinking, oh, this is what I want to do. I mean, you could have turned out any, any way, you know, if you've take, taken any number of paths. Um, yeah. I suppose, can you, can you give the guys some insight into like, how did it all start back in those days when you were like, I suppose when you had a bit more, um, control over what you're doing so maybe in your teenage years and, and onwards in terms of taking all the webinars and stuff I mean how did that path sort of roll out yeah valid question very valid question I did not start until I was about 20 because at the time so I you know uh, I was 18 19 the internet was just starting to kind of become a thing you know it wasn't uh, blowing up as insanely powerful it is now you know when I was like 10 that's when the internet got big with the tech bubble I think I was 12 in 2000. So, you know, internet was still kind of newer when I was 12, 13, 14. So I didn't really hop on too heavily then. But I went to college at the University of Florida. You mentioned you went to Myrtle Beach at one point. I, uh, University of Florida is in Gainesville, which is not too far from Myrtle Beach. Mm-hmm. And I went for a finance degree. That's what I was getting my degree in originally was finance. And as you know, 
at colleges and universities, they do a great job of teaching people how to invest and what the stock market is and how it works and all that stuff. So after going through college, I realized they didn't teach anything <laughs> remotely close to trading, you know, what the market is, how the stock market works, how, what it is, all that good stuff. So I actually ended up learning from a, a boss of mine. His name was Rob Gwynn at an insurance company that I used to work at when I was uh, 18, when I got my, when I got a job at 18 and Rob brought me over for like a, one of those peer reviews, right? One of those one-on-one, -on -one, like, how are you doing? And he had a screen on his computer that looked weird. I didn't know what it was. And I asked him, I was like, hey, man, what the heck is that? And he goes, oh yeah, this is the stock market. And I looked him dead in the face. And I was like, dude, you can give me whatever review you want. I don't care. Can you teach me what this is? And he just taught me a little bit about covered calls. And ever since then, that was probably when I was about 19 and a half. That's when I really started pouring into the whole process and um, getting really deeply involved into it. And, and was he uh, successful? He actually was, yeah. All he did, his whole strategy, uh, Cam, was entirely covered calls. So I'm sure you're familiar with that, but just in case anyone's not, it's when you buy your stock and you pretty much rent your stock out for a higher price. And uh, all he did was trade the Qs. So at the time, it was QQQQ, four Qs, which is the ETF that tracks the NASDAQ. Well, that's the one that's down like 3% today. Um so the cues, all he did would buy that and turn around and sell covered calls on it. And then he would get called away at some point and make money and then turn around and do it again the next month. So that was the first strategy that I learned and understood in the market. And the first strategy I implemented uh, when I first started trading through my 401k, which is like a retirement plan here in the States. And he, he did very well. He, he actually told me that he made more money doing this every single month than he made in a year at work. And I was like, dude, why in the world are you working? And he looked at me, and he's a cool guy, kind of funny dude. He goes, man, uh, I just want to get away from the wife. <laughs> like, okay. He goes, that didn't help you, sir. That didn't help him. I was like, okay, fine. You know, so yeah, he, he was good at what he did, but he, he was one of those nonchalant guys that didn't really care that much. It was, wasn't really into production or productivity. He just, you know, he, he was nice. He made work happen. He made, he got the job done, but yeah, he wasn't as high strong as a lot of the other supervisors. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose the fact that, it, you know, he's sitting there with his trading terminal open in front of his, his employees, yeah. he's doing a one-on-one. -on -one. He doesn't really give hey. two shinies, does he? Yeah. About, about whether or not he gets fired. <laughs> um, cool. Great story. Then look, so can, can you give the listeners some uh, insight into your trading these days? I mean, how do you sort of, uh, I suppose, position your style, yeah, what time frames do you look at, how much from a technical point of view do you use, and, and some of the stats around it? Mm, that's a great question, man. Um, right now, I still do love long-term investing. I think that's one of the greatest ways to build biggest wealth, you know, is to accumulate positions, to accumulate shares, to own a part of a company long-term. So uh, companies that I like are companies that have reoccurring revenue models. That's one of my like big things they need to have. So when I say reoccurring revenue, like I need to know how they make money every single month. So for example, Netflix, right? You probably have a Netflix account. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have Netflix accounts. I know how they make money. I get it. I watch their TV shows. I understand. Planet Fitness is another one that's new, but I understand how they make money. I get the model. Square. Uh, is a really good one. Salesforce, CRM. 
So there's a lot of companies out there that, that have reoccurring revenue, and I like reoccurring revenue models. That's one of my big check marks that they need to, you know, needs to have reoccurring revenue um, for long term. So I still do like long term investing. It, I always will tell people that long term is it's easy, it's not that difficult, and you just have to be patient. Um, from a smaller time frame, I do everything from long term investing to very short term. So trading the one minute chart and my main approach is I day trade. That's my the number one thing that I do. I love day trading. I think it's a phenomenal career path for many people out there. Uh, I really, truly do. I mean, with the internet speeds the way it is these days and the access to information, and you can trade from your phone, right? Everyone has the capability to day trade, I, at least I think so. And I trade the three-minute charts pretty much exclusively for most of the day. Uh, I'll do three minutes, five minutes, and I just look for momentum plays. By momentum plays, meaning I'm looking for something that's gapping after hours, either up or down. So this morning, everything was gapping down, right? Pretty much across the board in the U.S., the NASDAQ was down, Apple was down, Facebook was down, NVIDIA was down. Every, I mean, it, name it, and it was gapping down huge. So I was thinking to myself, okay, if we had a big sell-off yesterday, and we're gapping down largely in the markets on pretty much everything, I'm looking to buy. Because everyone who was in short from yesterday, when we had a big sell-off yesterday in the U.S. markets, they're going to be exiting their position by buying to cover. So let me buy with them. So I faded Kohl's this morning, took some old KSS. Uh, so we bought at a low price and sold it at a higher price. And uh, that's kind of... That's kind of it, man. It's not really that insanely complicated for me. I do a lot of candlestick analysis. Um, I personally think, and uh, I think I'm confident enough to say I'm one of the best candlestick analysts in the world when it just comes to looking at it and being able to analyze and interpret what people feel and what they're thinking and where the markets might be going based on purely human sentiment. And if you can extrapolate that data properly, I think that you can really have a good edge in the market. And, and what do the stats look like around what you do? So my steps, it starts with the daily chart. So I look at the daily chart and I analyze what are the candlesticks and what are people thinking based on these candlesticks. Um, so from the daily chart, then I look at the gap. You know, So I find some type of scanner. There's thousands of scanners out there that people can use. Most of them are free. But you get a scanner. You find out what's gapping. I analyze the gap. And then once I analyze, okay, is this a gap down that's going to continue or is this a gap down that's going to fade? Those are really the only two things it can do, right? It's either going to go up or go down. It can go sideways for a while, but at some point it's going to make a decision and either roll over or continue higher. So based on that analysis and interpretation, then I will zoom into a three-minute chart. Um, if it's really early in the morning and I'm feeling extra spicy and frothy, I'll take a trade on a two-minute or one-minute chart. But my risk, I already know what my risk is going to be every single trade, um, $500. And based on that risk, I will mathematically calculate how many shares I should get into the trade, right? So based on a mathematical calculation, I get to determine how many shares I should be in. So, for example, on Kohl's, uh, we were getting in at 63.56 with a stop at 61.91. That was based on the first three-minute candle. And that's a dollar sixty-five cents of risk. So I take five hundred dollars divided by a dollar sixty-five, and that's three hundred and three shares. 
And then I set up the trade and either works or it doesn't. And what are you looking for uh, an exit point of view? That's a good question. My goal is always two to three uh, percent. So if I'm risking one percent, my goal is two to three. Uh, that's really what I'm shooting for and striving for. And sometimes you'll get a feeling, you'll get a feel that you know it needs to roll over or something needs to happen or something exceptional is about to occur. Um, and so on Coles, I feel like we did a really good job of exiting at a pretty decently high spot, mostly because again it came down to candles. I don't, I don't think you can see my screen, but the first, yeah. let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six candles in a row, Cam, they were all buying candles, meaning six candles in a row for three minutes. That's 18 minutes in a row. There was nothing but buying. So if I know that and I'm in early and I'm seeing all this buying run up, at some point, you know that they're going to have some selling. So I'm just going to sell. And so my sell spot was for 1%. Um, that's just what happened. I wanted to try to get a little bit more, but I was like, you know what? If I'm going to take 1% off the table, close the entire position. Since you're going long, you just sell the shares and lock in that gain. Um, so again, sometimes it comes down to a little bit of a feeling, like if you just have an idea that the stock might pull back. But my goal is always, I don't worry about how much I'm going to win. I always ask myself, what's the chance that I can lose 1% on this trade or less? And I kind of approach it from that way. Nice. And and uh, how many trades are you running in one day? It's a great question, man. Um, not that many, believe it or not. I'm a proponent that less is more in trading. I am really good friends with some traders who are fantastic at just placing a heap ton of trades every single day. That's just not my specialty because I love trading. And, dude, I'm addicted to it. I'll be honest. So... <laughs> I need to prevent I need to put rules in place to prevent me from trading an immensely amount of trades every day otherwise I will. I'll sit in front of the tr- computer, I'll trade all day, I won't eat, I won't drink. So I put in rules that stipulate how many trades I can place. So there's no way I can place more than 10 trades in a day. Um, very often 4 is my max. Because if I've taken 4 trades and I'm at that point I've either up or down. And I know I'm either going to be up or down after four trades. I'm not going to be break even. So once I take four trades, I can usually then pretty much determine, should I even take any more at all? Okay. And, and winning percentages, how often would you win? Dude, that's a, that's, all, man, that's a great question. So my winning percentages are actually a little on the low side because I'll do a lot of exits and I'll get out as early as I need to if I see something going crazy. Um, my win-loss ratio is 43.78%. Well, that's accurate. <laughs> you obviously got yeah. some, some stats there that Dude. you're looking at. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, I know what time of the day uh, I'm the best at. I know all that, all the stats because you got to measure yourself. Um, you have to know what it is that you're doing, how well you're doing at it, what time of the day you're best. Uh, I, I figured out really quick in the first two minutes of the day, I'm terrible. And, and so, so how, place, sorry, how, how did you get to the point where you mentally could um, – you know, except all those, you know, 60% of, of losing trades. I mean, that, that must, for, for the normal human being, that's that's not normal, right? So how did you get yourself into that mental state? Yeah, I think you're right, man. Um, I mean, realistically, if you lose, uh, you, you do the math. I mean, that's, that, that's the answer to your question. You just do the math. If I know for sure that I know how much I'm going to lose on a trade and mathematically 
I can lose that amount or less. So just because I win um, 40% of the time and lose 60% of the time, that doesn't, move, that doesn't mean that 60% of the losses, I'm losing my entire amount, right? Maybe I lose 0.1% or 0.2%. It's oh, a very okay. small loss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you just you do a little bit of math and you figure out based on your risk, if you risk 1% and that's the absolute max you're going to lose on a trade, but you can lose less. So you can do a lot of 0.5s or 0.4s or 0.3s, 0.7s, 0.2s then over the long run, you'll actually end up winning. One of the things that helps remind me of the whole loss approach, Cam, is Tom Brady has lost more Super Bowls than most teams have ever made it to. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of a football fan. I yeah. like football, and I'm a bit Tom Brady guy. And it's just one of those things where I go, okay, you know, it's cool. If I lose on this trade, that's not a big deal. I'm going to learn something. But as long as most traders actually aren't afraid of losing if they know how much they're going to lose. A lot of people just don't know how much they're going to lose when they lose, and that's what frustrates them. Okay, so I'm going to change the, the questioning a little bit because yeah. I know you do a bit of crypto stuff. I mean, what's your, mm-hmm. what's your view on crypto trading, and do you, do you actually trade them? So cryptos are long-term for me. Um, I, would, uh, I would suggest for anyone who's trading cryptos, you have the technical viewpoint of looking at the chart and understanding where it might be going and where it should be going. Obviously, we know that Bitcoin and the crypto market was in a hyperbolic extension of price action, a.k.a. a bubble. And there were a lot of movements that were just insane. Everyone was talking about it. There were warning signs all over the place that at least lock in some type of profit. If you have a gains, lock in something, protect yourself. And so right now, yes, we're definitely in a bearish correction. Um, they're going to be there's going to be a lot of weed outs. This is very, very similar to the 2000 market bubble where you have just insane amounts of run up on stocks like companies like pets.com and uh, soap.com and all this. And it just gets this crazy run up, um, you know, like Kodak when they were coming out with their blockchain and all these other companies are coming out with their blockchain. I do personally think that uh, Bitcoin and some of the other cryptos are going to have a longer term viewpoint, but you're going to experience a little bit more pain before you see a little bit more upside. And okay. so with that being said, I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of brokers, a lot of exchanges, I'm, I'm sorry, you can short, right? You can play the, the downside. So that's, that is a bonus without question. And what about the, um, the, the altcoins and the, the ICOs? Have, have you got any involvement in those? Very little. So I do actually, uh, I am part of a cryptocurrency hedge fund um, and uh, I'm the chief technology officer of that particular fund. So we do have some involvement on ICOs, but it has to be done the correct way. Um, Altcoins and the coin itself, the project has to make sense. Uh, That's the thing that you have to ask yourself. If you're looking at something like banana coin, which was literally, literally raising money to uh, to buy more land, to grow more bananas, to sell more bananas, that's a security, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you you got to do a little bit of research if you're putting anything into an ICO. And unfortunately, most people didn't or don't or haven't. But uh, yes, I, I've definitely partaken in some of those. And it just comes down to being able to know which ones are uh, legitimate, which ones are accurate, uh, which ones were created and established the right way. And have you got any, um, any that you, you're hot on at the moment? Uh, two that I really like a lot, um, yeah, eBTC, uh, eBitcoin is one that's a really interesting project. 
that uh, has a really incredible community behind it. I'm a very big fan of Campus Coin. I think Campus Coin uh, did everything correctly. They have a really good project behind them as well. They have a, a lot of congruency, a lot of stickiness. Uh, I like Impact PPA. That one is a phenomenal uh, project that really ties in energies and helping third world countries on the blockchain get together with uh, energy conglomerates. Uh, Aircoins is pretty cool. That's kind of like the um, Pokemon Go of the crypto world. I think oh, Aircoins is, is a fun project. Uh, so yeah, there's a few out there that are that are nice and they're legitimate. I think that they're done really well, and there's also a few that I can name that are pretty horrendous. <laughs> okay, cool. Right, like so. In the beginning, what do you think made you different from the average trader out there, the, the one that fails? I mean, what traits did you have, and what actions did you take? Oh man. So here's the beautiful thing: we're gonna have to have another discussion because uh, I was terrible, dude. <laughs> <laughs> The first, the first, so I've been doing this for 10 years and the first three were absolutely horrendous. Most specifically the first two, the first two years were really bad. That's when, um, I mean, I I lost all of the money every, every dime. Then I went out and borrowed more and lost that. Uh, I lost over a hundred thousand dollars my first two years. And the only thing that kept me in the game was just the fact that I've never lost anything before so miserably. And I had to accept failure and realize that I was at rock bottom and realize that I was at worst case scenario. And the only thing that the only way I could go from there was a little bit higher. So I just figured out a way to, uh, to go leverage other people's money, right. To use other people's money, to figure out how to do it safely um, and create a trading plan, create rules. I would say that's the only thing that separates myself from most traders is just the fact that I have the discipline to do anything that I have to, to in order to win regarding uh, trading. So I will sit through a whole week and not press a single trade. If the trade's not there, I have no need to trade, I have very good discipline. And a lot of traders can easily adapt that. It just takes a little bit of time and takes a little bit of pressure and usually some type of accountability. And if you had to like give one tip or hint is to get to that point where you can literally just sit there and not take a trade, because um, I've had that on the show before where, where somebody's like, he sits down and goes, I'm, whatever I do, I'm just not going to place a trade. That's what, that's his mentality going into trading. It's yep. like, I'm not going to trade, yep. which is just completely, you know, <laughs> it doesn't make sense um, from a mental it, point of view. Have you got any tips? I do, yeah. Um, two of them, actually. One of them would be to create pick a day in the future uh, where you just not where you don't trade. Like, for for example, let's say next month. December, you go, all right, December, uh, you look at the calendar and you go, you know what, December 19th, which is a Wednesday, I'm just not going to trade at all. And that's my day, by the way, the day I'm not going to trade in December. That's called Willpower Wednesday for ah, me. Right. Um, I just pick a day where I go, you know what, not going to trade this day, regardless of what the market gives me, don't care, not going to do it. So that way you can quantitatively see if you followed your rules. That's one thing I would suggest nice. doing is just pick a day, just pick a random day where you go, I'm not going to trade today. I'm going to sit in front of the computer and just not trade and see if you have the discipline to listen to yourself. Because if you can't do that, then you, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> if, you <don't, laughs> yeah, exactly. if you don't listen to yourself, right? If you don't listen to yourself, who are you going to listen to? Then the other thing would be my tip number two, implement pain. Sounds really weird and kind of like say Damascus, but it's like implement pain. Um, have something that you do, like eat a raw onion, something terrible. Oh, yeah. If you 
don't do what you say you're going to. Uh, very good. It's it's that is that's good. Good advice there, guys. Take that on board. I remember another trader who would give fifty dollars to somebody he didn't like if he, he broke his rules. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, you have to, exactly. Uh, I have one uh, one gentleman actually that his pain is to donate fifteen hundred dollars to the political the opposite political party. Ah, right. Like he, he has a very specific old political viewpoint, and he has to donate fifteen hundred bucks yeah. to the other side <laughs> anytime he breaks the plan. Yeah, so true. yeah, there, you can get very creative with it, um, and but it's supposed to be really a psychological hindrance so that you don't do something wrong, right? or or you just simply don't break your rules. Because, I mean, for example, Cam, you've never robbed a bank. How come? Why have you never robbed a bank? Because there's consequences. You don't want to go to jail. So. That is a pain to keep you from doing it. Otherwise, if there was no pain at all from robbing banks, we'd probably all go rob banks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good good tips there, guys. Use those. I'm going to add them into what I'm doing. Um, now, how long have we got left, Jeremy? Two minutes. Two minutes. Okay, so I'm going to ask um, around, you talked about candlestick patterns, and you know, you said you're, a, or candlesticks, reading candlesticks, you're a master. What? What three things would you recommend a novice trader or an intermediate trader educate, educate themselves on when looking at candlestick patterns? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I would tell anyone to go and back trade. Now, a lot of people don't know what back trading is. It's like historical replay. Um, if you type in back trading, real life trading into YouTube, I have like three videos up there. Pretty much what you do is you go back in time into a specific time frame and just go candle by candle day by day and see what you would have done in, in given situations and then ask yourself why. Um, one of the a, a tips that I can give in pretty much any market, if you get a long day candle or a long period candle, 15 minute, five minute, 30 minute hour, it doesn't matter. Oftentimes those candles will retrace about 50%. So don't get in on a breakout. If you have this ginormous bullish candle or bearish candle works in either direction. So have both candles, um, understand it don't take those breakouts if that huge candle comes in and then i would say on another situation the open of those ginormous bullish candles are a support and the open of giant bearish candles are a resistance and the only way anyone will ever learn any of those things is truly just go back in time uh go through some charts and really hammer it down and get a lot of screen time in cool good advice here guys back trading or as you might know it as sim trading or, or back testing or paper trading there's it's, it's funny it seems like stock traders have a specific way of talking about this versus uh, futures traders versus currency traders it's it's weird that's what i notice anyway oh, hey look i know you're i know we're on a tight schedule today but i think we've got a lot of value out of this um this we short we chat um i haven't asked all my questions so we might have to get you on the show again sometime in the future to to go over some stuff in, in more detail. But look, it's been fantastic yeah, having having you here today, um, Jeremy. And uh, have you got any sort of um, – sorry, yeah, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you? Yeah, and again, apologies for being a little bit short today. Uh, uh, sincere apologies. But yes, man, I, I would love to be back. Thank you so much, Cam, for doing this and for having me and for just spending your time. I know it's a lot of time and energy on your part to create these, so thank you. Oh. Um, if you want to contact me, just email me, Jeremy. It's with two R's, J-E-R-R-E-M-Y at reallifetrading.com. You can find me um, there. You can YouTube, you know, Real Life Trading, Jeremy Newsom with two R's. Google me. I'm everywhere. You'll find me. 
Okay, guys, a big thank you to Jeremy uh, for sharing with us today everything we've discussed here, along with all the links are going to be in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Jeremy in the search box on tradingnut.com. And remember, that's with two R's. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. Rightio, folks, hope you enjoyed that interview with Jeremy. Now, look, I did realize, and I should have said at the start of the show, it is the last show of the 2000 well, 18? I was going to say 17, 2018 year. So we've got uh, another show coming up early next year, which is absolutely stellar, okay? In actual fact, they've got a few shows coming up that are stellar. So this one is going to kick the year off with a bang. Um, I know you're going to love it. So stay tuned for that. That's the first week of the year that that's going to come out. So we've got a couple of weeks break here. Um, I hope you and your families have a great Christmas and New Year period. Um, you have lots of good Christmas presents. And if you're looking for things to do during that time, you know you do often get a lot of downtime in this in this period. So if you're looking for things to do to learn, then check out the mini courses. There's courses there that you can pick up. In actual fact, there's a new course um, that I've just put up there. So if you want to go and check that out, it's from my mentor. Um, we did a boot camp. We just started a boot camp recently. And there's a course up there if you missed out on the boot camp uh, or can't wait until the next one if there is one coming up. Um, so go and check that out, guys. So uh, there's also the Robot Traders Club. So if you want to get the robots set up for next year, then head over there and check those out as well. And something to play with and have a look at for um, over that Christmas period where you might be sitting down with your family going, oh, I wish I had something to do. <laughs> okay, so guys, um, I wish all of you guys a great Christmas and New Year's. Thanks for listening in 2018. And I'll see you on the other, other side of... Uh, the new year, if I don't see you on social media, where I'll be posting a few things, so go in and subscribe there if you're not already on my Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and you'll see little snippets from the show and from other things that I'm doing as we go through the Christmas break. All right, guys, have a great one. See you then. Bye.